0: All right, everybody, welcome to Studio B. I am your host, Pastor MDH. Thank you so very much for joining us here on the set again. Uh, remember, no matter where you're accessing this uh, podcast from, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, IG, Spotify, Pandora, Google Music, Apple Music, wherever you access your podcast, you can access Studio B from that same platform. And remember, we're trying to get to 10,000 subscribers here by the beginning of the summer. I think we're on our way there to it. So please like, follow and subscribe so that you don't miss anything that's going on on the set of Studio B. Today, I have in the studio, as you can see, two lovely ladies that are going to speak on a very, very important topic that I have dove into at depth on many of our podcasts, and that is the issue of mental health um, and what we need to be looking for and why mental health is so, so very important. So I want to introduce them separately and then let them give their hellos. I have, okay, now say your, say your first name. My
1: first name is Jadid.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Say it one more time, Jared. Jared, yes. okay. Miss Salazar Lopez, yes. who is a clinical director, uh, let go and say hi to the people and introduce yourself. Give us a little bit about yourself.
1: It's a pleasure being here today. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. And um, well, I have been in the field of mental health for over 14 years. This is something that I'm very passionate about, and I'm just really grateful that. I'm able to somehow do um, what I know I am destined to do, my calling, um, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Amen, amen. And then I also have here to my right, Miss Kiera, uh, hold on, Mon-
2: Montague.
0: Montague. <laughs> Uh, who is the Director of Operations. Let me let you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do.
2: Well, hello, hello. My name is Kiara Montague. I'm the Director of Operations at Abundant Life Therapeutic Services. I've been in the field of behavioral and mental health for about 12, 13 years, um, on and off, going between the two, Um, and it is an absolute pleasure to be here.
0: Well, ladies, um, this is a very um, near and dear subject to myself um, in several different capacities, mm-hmm. um, as a pastor, what I do in the church, and and just um, interacting with people on a daily basis. In which I do, um, this is something that is typically, and I want to quantify this um, in the beginning of our conversation to an immediate community, and then I will broaden the scope. Um, in the African American community, we don't deal well with mental health. Um, it's kind of that stigma. You know, it's easier to, you know, to say to somebody is crazy than to really go behind and find out what's going on with them. But I would like to get your opinion about why is mental health important, and even more so, what is the clinical definition of mental health?
2: Okay. Well, I'll start with the clinical definition of mental health. Um, Mental health is defined as an individual's ability to be able to, first of all, know their capabilities, um, also cope with the regular or normal stresses of life and work productively. It's also an individual's ability to be able to contribute to their community. So those are all, according to the World Health Organization, Mm -hmm. um, the clinical definition of what mental health is.
0: And so, with the clinical definition of mental health, why is it important to diagnose it? Why is it important to put a spotlight on it? Ms. Lopez.
1: Well, and to add to what Ms. Montague was saying, um, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well being. And that is why it's so important because this is going to affect how we think, how we feel, and how we act. So, that's why it's very important that we are able to identify if there is a diagnosis of uh, psychological disorder.
0: So in, in our chosen field where, where I counsel people from A to Z, name uh, whatever problem in life from A to Z, and literally uh, in 22 years of pastoring I have counseled and encouraged somebody in any particular walk of life. Um, but one of the things in the church, and, and we don't do quite a good job in doing this in the church, just to be quite honest with you. We, uh, we would typically pray a person through something and, and all of that other good stuff. And I, I generally say that everybody needs Jesus, but some people need Jesus and a therapist.
3: Exactly. Right? Yeah.
0: Because we don't do a real good job in the church, in a church setting at large, to really talk about those issues. There are some things in which I encounter that are outside of my pay grade right? That I need to refer up to. But in that referring up, there is a stigma that is attached when I refer up. So talk about how do we get around the stigma of mental health and how do we get people to be more engaged in this conversation?
2: Well, I think the first piece is knowledge and education on mental health to remove that stigma. It is as simple as talking to your friends, your family about mental illness and some of the possible implications and also that education component. And that education can come through many different platforms, whether it be social media, whether it be some community outreach event. Um, I've heard even people say, hey, I saw this character on this TV show and they appear to have some symptoms and I can kind of relate to that, you mm-hmm. know, so there's a lot of ways of removing that stigma to just start by talking we have to talk Mm -hmm. about hey these are some issues that i'm experiencing and also finding a community that has that relatability maybe you might share what you're experiencing with a group of folks and they might say hey I am experiencing that as yeah, well. Yeah. There's power in relatability. There's power in removing that stigmatizing language. I heard you mention the term crazy, mm-hmm. that we like to use that term in our community quite often to say, oh, yeah, stay away from Uncle Joe. You yeah. know, he, t- he touched. <laughs> yeah. He crazy, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, instead of kind of avoiding the issue, mm. instead of leaning in, talking about it, educating ourselves and then educating those around us to remove some of that negative talk associated with mental illness. Now, that right there, I can speak from a personal uh, perspective. In my family, that was a big deal, just getting past the whole he, she crazy, he touched, Mm -hmm. you know, stay away from so-and-so. And And once you get over that barrier, I mean, the world opens up, right, Uh, to just remove that stigma and that, that negative talk around having a mental illness, because...
0: And that's important. And I want you to kind of stay there, ladies, because um, a lot of people that are watching, yeah, you got Uncle Joe. Everybody knew about Uncle Joe. Mm -hmm. But it's so much easier just to qualify Uncle Joe as crazy than to sit down and have a conversation with Uncle Joe to figure out why Uncle Joe is like Uncle Joe. Mm -hmm. And so the work required in trying to process through that is sometimes too great for people. So it's easier for me to place a label on you and just let you go on about your business, than to handle the problem at a real grassroots uh, grassroots level. So, talk about a little bit more about you know tearing down that wall of stigma, that barrier that will help people to process through this area of mental health.
1: I think that the black and brown community is well known for their resiliency, and mm-hmm. I think that we take so much pride in that that it could, in a way, be a barrier for us to seek out help. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you got somebody that's watching right now, and when you're talking about clinical definition, uh, and we've talked about the ability to cope, we see a lot of people out there that break under, you know, different people got different levels of stress that they can handle. Um, Some people thrive in high stressful situations, some people don't. Uh, But what are some of the signs that are associated with mental health? And when does one seek out help? I mean, what's some of the signs that you would look for?
2: Probably uncontrollable sadness, anger, any changes in like sleep patterns, eating patterns, whether you're eating or sleeping more or less. Mm. Um, withdrawing from your friends and family and your normal activities is also a telltale sign when you were just not engaging the way that you used to you're not doing the things that you used to do to the um, extent that you used to do them the things that you love and that you're passionate about and a lot of kind of just talk about you know something doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. when you start to have that self-talk with yourself to say wow something's Something's off, something's yeah. wrong, yeah. Yeah. then I would definitely say it's, it's time to seek some help and to reach out and talk to somebody.
0: And, Kara, that, that is a very, very um, great point because when you're talking to a lot of people, they can't quite put their hand on it. You know, they can't name it specifically, and they'll oftentimes say, Well, I just don't feel right. Right? And it's kind of hard to wrap your hands around that because there's no way to go with it, but most people can't identify that one thing. And so helping people to say and be okay with saying, okay, something is not right. Once a person says that, what's the next step? What do they do now?
1: Well, first, I wanted to add that the key is when someone is unusually feeling angry or confused, forgetful, upset, worried, and that's the key word, I think. That's Mm -hmm. when you know, okay, it's normal to feel this way, however, it's when that Hopelessness and helplessness mentality sits in. Mm. That then it's one of the warning signs that there's a problem. So when so when
0: does it when does it become abnormal? So at at what point, if it's normal to feel that way and everybody goes through, you know, pockets of feeling bad and feeling, you know, this, that, and the other, when does it become abnormal? At, At what point do you recognize that?
1: So it's when it starts interfering with your work. Uh, with school, and it starts interfering with the social interactions that you have with your family, in your marriage, with your children.
3: Mm,
0: Okay, okay. So um, I I was, of course, we're coming off of (sighs) COVID-19, and all things COVID-19, social distancing, isolation. I'm sure you guys have seen quite an uptick in... Uh, your caseloads over this last year or year and a half um, because of everything that we've gone through. Kind of talk about what that looks like in regards to this new COVID season and how people are kind of processing through all things COVID. What does that look like for you guys?
2: no absolutely we've been seeing a lot of different extremes right um some people as you said strive in these abnormal uh times and they've really stepped up and like just been living their best life Mm -hmm. while others have absolutely struggled with it that lack of their day-to-day routine normalcy has had quite challenging effects and impacts on them and that withdrawal is very, very real. And it's one of those things where we were all on lockdown for Mm. a couple months. So what else can you do besides retreat within yourself when you're kind of stuck at home, you have that lack of normalcy, no routine, and you're trying to adapt to this. And it was quite abrupt, right? And on top of that, there's this virus running rampant that we don't know the full impact and implications of. So there is also that level of fear along with that lack of normalcy. So whereas some people definitely grew in mm-hmm. this situation, mm-hmm. um, a lot of folks withered also.
0: So how do you, so let me kind of uh, dissect this if I can, because I want to get you guys' professional opinion. I got, I got my pastoral opinion because I've had to deal with this thing, you know, firsthand. Um, you know, as God created us, he created us to be community people. Absolutely. Uh, to be in community. We thrive in communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were never meant to be isolated. Um, and so isolation has detrimental effects, Uh, on the human psyche, uh, on the ability to interact once you come out of isolation. And some of the problems that we've been facing here in the church is that that isolation has driven people who were already at a point even further back. And so now we're having to try to make up um, post-COVID-19 to get them reengaged in society, reengaged with community, reengaged with people. And I'm seeing this mental health come up a lot especially post covid-19 mm-hmm. with a lot of the people that i counsel with but how do you get a person to the point of uh, diagnosis and then once you've diagnosed them with a particular mental health issue how do you work past them uh, how do you work with them to get past that what's the process of doing it
1: so there is certain criteria that the individual has to meet in order to qualify for a diagnosis. Once it is determined that they meet the criteria for that particular diagnosis, whether it's anxiety or depression, then a treatment plan is then created for that individual. So at Abundant Life Therapeutic Services, all of the treatment plans are individualized. So the beauty of the modalities that we use as an agency is that um, they're not intrusive to spirituality Mm -hmm. or religion. Um, We have cognitive behavioral therapy. We have trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, family therapy, and skills training. Mm -hmm. And for instance, with cognitive behavioral therapy, in a nutshell, the... Theory It's based on the fact that it's not so much of the events or situations in life that affect how you feel, but it's your thinking about those situations mm-hmm. and events Absolutely. that affect how you feel. And as a consequence, then affects your behavior. And that's it's it's biblical, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know all this different scriptures about how we have to renew our mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, so much about anxiety is also Um, talked in the bible Mm -hmm. so that is what we as an agency provide for our clients so cognitive behavior therapy is going to be then addressing those for the most part someone with anxiety and depression is experiencing thoughts that are not functional they're Mm -hmm. irrational many times oftentimes they're irrational so we have black and white thinking we have the the what-ifs and um so for instance someone may be thinking, well, I'm without a job. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And, um, you know, that's the end of it. But then we can go ahead and use your truth as an individual and say, well, but what does the Bible say about someone Mm -hmm. in a situation like that? Well, that God is my provider. So what we do in therapy with cognitive behavior therapy is that we Identify those cognitive distortions and then we're able to evaluate those thoughts and then challenge them and then replace them with more functional, more rational thinking. But in this case um, for someone who is a follower of Christ then it will be replacing that sometimes with the promises that we have in the scripture.
0: Well, so, so ladies so I am a um uh, I am a licensed counselor, and in um, trying to, and I hate to keep bringing up this thing about the stigma, but there is a th- th- there is a huge stigma that uh, even in counseling sessions, it's very difficult to get around. So when when we're talking about treatments and cognitive treatments, when people hear about treatments and mental, th- they're thinking about straitjacket. Yeah, you know, exactly. know they're, um, they're thinking about a psych ward. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not are not talking about cognitive treatments mm-hmm. and, and things like that, so there is a huge stigma with mental health that is very difficult mm-hmm. um, to get beyond. And one of the things that I found in counseling is, is a lot of people don't deal with trauma well, mm-hmm. and so it, we have the kind of thinking of out of sight, out of mind. Because I no longer talk about it, then I'm over it. Mm-hmm. But Trauma tends to manifest itself years down the road. Um, and because we don't process pain very well um, in any community, not just in the African-American or the minority community, but we don't process pain very well, we hide that hurt. We, we put layers and layers and layers over that hurt. Mm-hmm. But then we don't realize that years down the road, we're still playing out that trauma that happened mm-hmm. when I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about the help and you're talking about, you know, how do I um, help somebody through that? The cognitive part, I believe, is very, very important when you begin to start to lower. And I tell people like this, it's okay not to be okay.
3: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay.
0: Absolutely. But we got to work through the process in getting people to lower that guard.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: and many people don't even know about a cognitive treatment program.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
0: They don't know about that. So speak on that a little bit.
2: So I will absolutely say you have to start somewhere um, before we even get to talking about treatments and what types Type of services can be provided so just finding a safe person whether that be within your church whether that be within your home your workplace find someone that you can go to to actually talk about some things that you're going through someone who actually listens to what you're going through and Mm. what you're experiencing Mm. because sometimes folks just need a sounding board and a simple suggestion to start right because it can be appalling and I think the blessing of the community within church as we kind of Reintegrate back into society as we all are coming back into a community setting, is that when you come to church, you have that support that's already built in mm. with your pastor, with your congregation, with the, all of the folks you fellowship with. And there's a blessing in that, just to be able to go to someone within your church and say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. This is what yeah. I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I don't feel quite right what do you think, right? Just to start the conversation before we even get to treatment and diagnoses and, yeah, yeah. and words that are scary yeah. and send us spiraling down the rabbit hole of I'm going to end up in an institution. I think it's just finding a safe person that you can talk to first before you even get to the point where you're seeking out actual mental health supports. Mm-hmm. That is the initial starting open gate
0: now everybody that's listening and to all my pastor friends uh all you guys listen that's why i admonish i encourage every church to have a mental health ministry
2: that's awesome okay
0: a mental health ministry with qualified personnel uh, people that have been licensed and trained in particular areas that can help you Mm -hmm to navigate life. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets mad at anybody that goes to a doctor because their body is, is racking in pain. Amen. Like, people expect, like, if, I got, if I'm feeling sick, let me call up my PCP, mm-hmm. let me go have a quick visit with them. Nobody turns a blind eye to that. But when you're talking about, I don't feel quite right,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I'm looking to go get help,
2: mm-hmm.
0: well, when you tell me that, then what's wrong with you?
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: You know, or in the church, what we do is let's let's gather a prayer group together Amen. and pray over you and pray whatever you're feeling out of you. Amen. Right. <laughs> and, and, and let God fix it. Mm-hmm. Listen, God created doctors. He did. <laughs> he did. Right. So uh, I'm encouraging. And that, that is a great place that I, that I hope that we can drive home is that find somebody that you can relate to, mm-hmm. that can build a bridge of comfort and trust and, and just know that when you're working through something, you got somebody on your side to do it. Absolutely. So I want to ask you ladies a question. What got you into mental health? I mean, of all the chosen fields in the world, why mental health?
2: Well, mental health is in, you know, I have illnesses within my family. I have an uncle in particular who struggled with schizophrenia since I can remember. Mm-hmm. And um, he had this amazing caseworker. And let me just start. <laughs> he had several caseworkers, and uh, quite a few of them actually quit on him throughout some of his challenges, some of his most uh, darkest uh, valleys that he was going through. Um, he had quite a few. But there was that one who really, she stayed. Mm-hmm. And her presence was very, very impactful. And just her consistency and the way that my uncle was able to relate to her and connect to her. And when he saw she wasn't going away, then he really got serious about his own treatment Mm -hmm. and really got engaged when he knew he had someone who was going to constantly be a presence of support for him. And that's when we saw, as a family, a total turnaround. Um, uh-huh. His compliant, his compliance with his medication, um, him actually participating and showing up to his case manager appointments. He then got more engaged once he saw that, hey, there's someone outside of my family who is actually going to hold me accountable and who's going to show up for me, mm-hmm. and they're not going to quit on me when I elope and decide to live in the forest for you know two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, and live off the land. She's going to come in the forest looking for me. She's going to come find me. So um, that individual. I'm not gonna put her name out there, but uh amazing, amazing person, just really wonderful, and she absolutely set the tone for who I wanted to be going into the mental health agency or the mental health organization, who I wanted to be as a service provider, uh, my level of commitment that I wanted to have because regardless of that label, that diagnosis, which is so scary, right, it's schizophrenia mm. uh, you can overcome anything, yeah, right, yeah. All you need is a little bit of of help, a helping hand, a little bit of a support, right? Um, And that, to me, was so encouraging to see that as a child and to grow up and to have real-life conversations with her about some of – Um, her cases and her caseload and what her day-to-day looked like and uh, through some of the things where it was like, wow, you you really went through that. Mm. Um, I saw it as like a really like amazing opportunity to truly help people. And regardless of how scary some of her stories may have sounded as Mm. a seven-year-old child, uh, they were more encouraging than anything that there are good people in this world that truly do care who are going to go the lengths to help other people and that to me is everything you know it's not just on tv on family matters and all those shows i used to watch as a kid like there are people out there who really care and who are really going to do the work and actually help those who are considered on their last leg because they've been mm-hmm. in treatment facilities and hospitalized so many times like she didn't give up on my uncle and uh that was a blessing to have her
0: so you had an immediate personal experience um and I believe that those things are so powerful because um, you got to have a why in order to keep doing something and doing it effectively and being able to relate that to a personal uh, place in your life I think is very very powerful uh, even with my um you know, we're talking about uncles. Everybody got, the, everybody got an uncle. Everybody got that uncle at the family reunion. But um, you know, as you begin to start to talk to them, and I specifically remember at a family reunion some years ago, I just took the opportunity to go to the other side of the park and talk to a family member. Yeah. And that little talk turned into a couple of hour talk, um, and in that talk, I found out so many things uh, that I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I had literally no idea that this person had went through X, Y, and Z. And as I began to listen, I, I figured, um, okay, well, that would make me feel a certain kind of way too if I went through that. Mm-hmm. So trying to find out the story behind the story I think is very, very impactful. So Ms. bit. what brought you into mental health?
1: For me, from very early in life, I remember just having a desire to help people. I was only, well, always the person to go to with, when I was young, my friends, you know, they had a breakup with a boyfriend or something was going on in their family. They would come to me and I really felt that I was able to be a good listening ear and I just really wanted to help. But then it wasn't until later in life that then I was able to relate to you, both of you, um, as far as seeing how, um, mental health, uh, problems affect individuals that were close to me, that mm. are close to me.
0: So <laughs> can I, um, I, I, I want to make sure that we, um, I've been thinking about this episode a lot. I've done, uh, many a different episodes on mental health and the seriousness thereof. Uh, the Bible has a lot to say about the mind, mm-hmm. um, from Genesis to Revelation, There are over 619 scriptures concerning the mind and the impact of the mind. And there are things that we can do to strengthen the mind, exercises that we can do, things, habits that we can form to strengthen the muscle of the mind. We pay attention to our physical bodies, making sure that we're the right weight, we're eating the right foods uh, because we want to keep the high blood pressure down, the cholesterol down. So we pay a lot of attention to the physical body. But we don't pay nearly as much attention to the mind and exercising the mind, making sure that the mind is sharp. And so I spent a lot of time trying to um, bring this to light because I believe that this is one of the most neglected parts of all of our lives collectively.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: When I have people on right now that specialize in mental health, many people on the other side of that podcast have never really sat down and walked through what mental health looks like. Their own mental health, mm-hmm. you know, looked at their own life and examined uh, some sometimes when things were not just quite right. I can't put my finger on it. And so many people are kind of walking around not knowing that this is an issue.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's very, very important to me because I got so many different personal examples that I can touch about how this affects people's lives. And so when you're looking at mental health and the treatments thereof, is it possible to completely recover from anything um, that is plaguing the mind? You talked about your uncle and talked about the progress that he made.
2: Absolutely.
0: Can one completely recover from mental health challenges? Or is that even possible? Walk, walk, Walk with me through that.
2: From my perspective, from my experience, both personally and professionally, I am a firm believer that recovery is a possibility. Mm -hmm. You can recover from your mental health diagnosis. Now, recovery is going to be very individualized, right? What is recovery to one may not be recovery to the other. So I think the first thing is identifying as an individual, what does recovery look like for me? Mm -hmm. For some people it's going to be as simple as being able to manage the symptoms of their mental health illness i.e. I want to be symptom free from my mental health illness. For others it's going to be simply managing their illness so that they can live what they define as a more meaningful life and Mm. again that's going to look different to us all. So I do believe that it is a journey. For some it's a short term journey. For others it's a long term journey. But I absolutely do believe that Recovery is a possibility. You can recover. It's just very important to define what does recovery look like mm. to you.
0: To each individual. Yes. And so I, I need you to say that to that camera because, <laughs> listen, I think this, <laughs> um, you guys deal with caseloads every day from people that I'm no doubt that you have entered into personal relationships because you identify with them you've been walking with them Mm -hmm. for a season you you feel their pain you you think about them when you're not with them Mm -hmm. Um, you lift up prayers for them because you're concerned about them Um, I think it's important that we that we help people to understand that no matter what the issue is Mm -hmm. that there is victory on the other side of that issue but the key to it is what you said Ms. Kier, is that you gotta it, it is based on an individual assessment and so not to judge my progress by this person's progress. Mm-hmm. And mine may be a little bit more severe, may be a little less severe, but to individualize that person so that they're not out there, you know, wallowing in their own mm-hmm. self-pity. Mm-hmm. So, so how, do you, how do you walk along somebody? I understand the cognitive treatments, but what does it look like to walk alongside somebody who is struggling with mental health? What does that look like? What is the personal walking along? And, and is there a personal touch with this? Or um, I'm sure that it has to be a personal touch with it. Mm-hmm. But how do you walk alongside somebody that is struggling in their mental health?
1: As someone who is providing mm-hmm. those supports for them,
0: yeah. What does that look like for you, Miss Lopez? As you are now, not to name any names, not to give any specific caseloads, but how do you walk alongside of that person? I know that they come in, they got an appointment, you do these particular treatments, but what does that look like as you walk alongside with them?
1: Well, I think as Miss Montague was stating, um, it's a journey, and what we do is we provide a safe, non-judgmental place for them mm-hmm. to come and be able a
0: safe non-judgmental yes. place for them to come a safe zone
1: yes exactly okay. yes and we also as an organization use certain instruments to be able to identify specific needs to that individual as well as the strengths for that individual and then we use that in our recovery plans to then work with that to help them reach their goals so they create in collaboration with the The therapist and um we then come up with goals specific for them Mm -hmm. so um it's support and unlike you reverend holman who may be directing individuals that come to you for advice we don't give advice Mm -hmm. so that's why i was saying earlier that it's non-intrusive to your (laughs) beliefs Mm -hmm. we basically provide them with tools we provide that place for them to be able to process Mm -hmm. and um, earlier you brought up a very good point point. you brought up the trauma and it's very important to know that's that is one of the factors Mm -hmm. that contribute to mental health problems Mm -hmm. life experiences traumas um, biological factors and all so um, but in abundant life therapeutic services we provide individualized treatment plans and um, so we usually meet with a client on a weekly basis, once a week for about an hour, 45 minutes or an hour. And depending on those goals that were established is what the session will be focusing on.
0: Mm. So as you said that Ms. Loba, so so as one um, that we're in the trenches, right? We're, um, <laughs> when I ask you what got you into this uh, particular line of work, uh, what gets us into this line of work where we are interacting with people sometimes at the worst levels of their lives mm-hmm. is love. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be in this kind of, I, I hate to call it an industry, but um, without having um, a whole lot of love, mm-hmm. a, a whole lot of compassion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and empathy for the people that you counsel and walk exactly.
3: with.
0: Uh, if you don't have that, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to help the people that is being sent your way. But helping people to navigate through life in different challenges, um, I believe is one of the ways that we help people to thrive. Exactly. And so getting people, even in my own life, I've shared this on the podcast. So this is, you know, I didn't realize that at 48 years old and, you know, God didn't bring this into my attention until a mentor brought it to my attention back when I was 35. So here I am 35 years old, still recompensing and trying to make up for the fact that I didn't have a father in my life. Mm. Right? And I didn't realize those subconscious things that I was doing on a daily basis, mm-hmm. uh, overcompensating with my own four kids, mm-hmm. trying to make sure that they've never experienced the life that I experienced. And so I didn't even realize. I just thought it was kind of poor, uh, par for the course and I was just doing stuff. But that was a trauma in my life mm-hmm. that nobody had walked me through.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like nobody, nobody sat me down and walked me through not having a father in my life. Right. And so it played out well into my adult years. Mm-hmm. And if somebody can. And I think one of the things that I think you can agree with is the talking aspect of it. Yes. Like allowing that person, as you said, to speak their truth and mm-hmm. to say, this is what I'm going through. Non-judgmental exactly. is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put yellow uh, orange cones up in my office when I do marriage counseling and, and individual counseling. And the orange cones are to represent safety. So when you're going down the street and you see these orange cones and these construction zones, mm-hmm. you realize some stuff is messed up, but it's getting fixed.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's telling you to be safe as you're going through these zones. So I put up these orange cones because I want people to realize no matter what you say, it's okay.
3: Exactly. Now
0: we're gonna walk through it.
3: Absolutely. But
0: it's okay. And so please, 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 please talk about the 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 non-judgmental part of allowing people to speak what they're going through.
2: So I believe as a a service provider, just a person there who wants to listen, to be of assistance to someone else going through something, it's really important as that person who's going to sit there and provide that non-judgment to come from a whole, unbiased place, to just sit there and leave their biases at the door, right? (laughs) Um, I will say for service providers, uh, the first step is so just leave all of that at the door and say, you know what, I'm just here to listen. I just want to listen. I just mm. want to hear your story. Tell mm. me your story, right? Mm. Because I feel like there's a lot that can be learned from an individual who's going through something when you just let them talk. Mm. You just let them speak. You hear them out. Mm-hmm. You hear their story. You hear what they've tried. What didn't work. Yeah. What kind of worked, but they weren't willing to continue to pursue that. So I would absolutely say when you go in and you're going in from a place of, well, this worked for so-and-so and and that worked for this person over here and you remind me of this client once upon a time, all of those thought processes, you just leave. Yeah, And you just come in ready to be very neutral and just a blank slate, right? Mm. Just sit there quietly and just hear their story. And I don't want to just glance over the power of a listening ear. Yeah, That is so, so powerful, to just sit there and hear somebody's mm-hmm. story, their life journey, everything that they've gone through, the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens, just listen. Mm. Don't offer advice, don't try to talk them through it or suggest what they coulda, shoulda, woulda done, because that's not productive speech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just sit there and be present and mm. listen. It is so impactful, it is so powerful. Because I believe the beauty of our services that we do provide is that we let, create that non-biased, non-judgmental space as Ms. Jared was saying, to allow the person to tell their life story. Mm -hmm. And we don't offer advice, right? Because we understand that treatment is 100% individualized. And it has to be fueled by the individual. And we meet them where they are in their recovery, even if they're still at a place trying to digest that they have a new diagnosis and, oh, it's scary, I don't understand it. Well, here we are, we're listening, we're hearing. We want to know what you know before we jump in and terrify you with education, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Get them (laughs) at a place of comfort first. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. So because people are not homogenous, right? And, you know, we love boxes. We love, you know, segments. We love putting... It's, it's, it's easier to understand people in boxes
2: mm-hmm.
0: than to do the work to know them individually.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's
0: just it's easier for me to place a person here with everybody else than to pull that person out and really try to walk with them and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the detriments to our society because we love grouping people together. Mm-hmm. And I believe it is so harmful um, to an individual to put them in a box with other people mm-hmm. um because we don't want to take the time and maybe not even want to take the time. I think the work required is is so difficult sometimes that people just kinda of shy away from it. Mm-hmm. So God this 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 one that loves us. <laughs> now this I understand but this it, this is abundant life therapeutic <laughs> services and abundant life comes from John chapter number ten. <laughs> so there's some type of biblical connection there.
3: Absolutely.
0: Okay so <laughs> So um, I want to ask you, ladies, so if somebody is watching right now, listening right now on whatever platform, and they've identified, uh, identified some things. You know what? I haven't been feeling myself lately. I've been feeling a little bit anxious. I've been blowing up at people more than I normally have. Um, what's next? I've identified it. Now what?
2: Find that safe person. Mm -hmm. Reach out to someone. Reach out to somebody. Talk to someone. Talk to somebody that is safe and that is going to listen to your concerns. Just listen. That's the first step. Through that conversation, have some self-actualization moments, right? Figure out what help you want to seek out as an individual. It's going to look different for everyone. Some folks are going to seek pastoral guidance. Mm -hmm. Other folks are going to maybe want to join a support group. Mm -hmm. And there are other people who are going to want to seek out an organization such as ours for that assistance, right? Find out what works for you. Try them all. Mm -hmm. A little self-education goes a long way. But I would absolutely say the first step is just talk to someone.
0: So find a safe person. Yes. Now, Ms. Lopez, what if I don't have a safe person? Or what do I do if I don't have that person that I can connect to? What then?
1: So in this case, um, in the church, mm-hmm. going directly with someone like yourselves and during that time when they're asking for prayer, mm-hmm. right, you are thankfully familiar with the professional services that are available to then refer out and then be able to encourage that person to seek out services like mm-hmm. the ones that we offer and I think it's very important for everyone to know that as believers we do what's possible and God knows the impossible yeah, he does the impossible
0: all right you preach so <laughs> it now
1: that's a good word yeah so <laughs> it's a good word he's given us tools and we have resources you were talking about this earlier how he's placed doctors and surgeons a specialist so this is just another another field Mm -hmm. and he has placed vessels that he can work through to be able to do what he's wanting to do in all of our lives Mm -hmm.
0: so and i'm gonna say this with you two ladies here and i'm gonna say this to everybody listen everybody um this is a this is not a direct knock on the church itself but We've just not done a good job at it, okay? Sometimes we tend to over-spiritualize things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're familiar with the Gospel of Luke, Dr. Luke was a medical doctor.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he wasn't a Ph.D. He was a medical doctor, to which he is the only one of all the four gospel writers who talks about the blood vessels popping in Christ's head as in great drops of blood fell from his brow. He was able to write about that because he had medical knowledge mm-hmm. about that condition. Mm-hmm. And I think in the church what we have done oftentimes to the detriment of the people who come to us and trust is over spiritualized exactly. things, yes, and so if a person is racking in pain in their body, yes, we ought to pray for them. that should be our number one go to, but we ought to also suggest medical practices mm-hmm. by those who are capable to handle those things,
3: exactly.
0: and I think we I think one of the problems that we have to address is that God has richly blessed us with people from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a pastor reaches beyond his pay grade mm-hmm. and he knows he's beyond his pay grade, it is incumbent upon your spiritual duty to refer beyond what you know.
3: Absolutely. And
0: that is by medical professionals, that is by mental professionals in areas that you cannot help and to facilitate. Okay. And there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. And, and and listen, we're going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Come on in. Uh, we'll, we'll lay hands on you. We will gather in prayer circles. We will pronounce the blood of Christ over you. But if there are needs outside of what we can meet,
3: mm-hmm.
0: please hear this. There is no shame in that. Amen. And contacting people like, you know, Abundant Life Therapeutic Services or medical professionals or people in those particular fields because they can help you. And the goal is the health of the individual.
3: Absolutely.
0: And I think we can all agree on that. And and this is just such a passionate plea for me because I deal with this on a daily basis. That um, some people have chemical imbalances. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it's it's a chemical imbalance in their brains mm-hmm. that causes them to do certain things. Mm-hmm. I can't pray that away. Right. Right? <laughs>
2: It's powerful. (laughs) It's powerful.
0: (laughs) Now, God can do Now, what did you just say? We do the possible. God does the impossible. Impossible, And he
1: works miracles. He He works
0: miracles. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I'm a witness to more than a few Mm -hmm. of them, if you heard the Mm -hmm. testimonies. But there are some things that we need to refer up. Absolutely. And so one of the purposes of having you guys on the podcast today is that we have a, a, a good following and people that follow this podcast. I want to lower that barrier that stigma for mental health.
2: Absolutely.
0: Especially post COVID-19 mm-hmm. and all that we dealt with, political unrest,
2: mm-hmm.
0: social unrest, all the stuff that is going on. Today, I know you guys heard the news was Johnson & Johnson. Uh, I got six calls on my way to church this morning. Oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anxiety through the roof. Mm-hmm. Now people are running in and out of their minds, and so this thing about mental health is very, very important. So I want you to look at the cameras. I'm going to give you a shot. I'm going to give you a shot, and I really want you to make um, you made an impassioned plea on the on behalf of your uncle' personal experience, uh, but really help that person, that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, especially these teenagers right now.
3: Absolutely,
0: um, suicide is up six hundred percent.
2: It is six
0: hundred percent. So. Just tell the people why um, this thing is so important.
2: I think just as everyone would go to the doctor if they were not feeling quite right, right? Maybe your diabetes is acting up, your heart beats a little um, off. It is so important to prioritize your mind. Um, your brain is so important. Your thought processes. So important because your thoughts shape your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you as an individual feel like there's something that is not quite right or something that's a little wrong, absolutely reach out and just talk to somebody. Just reach out. Um, and not to glance over all the resources that are out there on the internet because there are a lot of out like yeah. national resources. Yeah. Do your research if you're not at that level where you're ready to seek help, get online, Google some things. And what I mean by things is some potential resources, right? Start there. You just got to start somewhere. Don't just sit with it because it can eat you alive. And that is the last thing that we want to happen to anyone. So just reach out. Start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Your life is valuable. You do matter. So it is important that you just take that first step. Whatever that might be for you,
0: your life matters. That's a good word. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead and make your uh, your plea, Miss uh, Lopez.
1: I would say that if you are at a place where you're feeling hopeless and mm-hmm. helpless, know that God's love for you is so beyond what you sometimes know and we are here to instill hope Mm -hmm. and empower you to thrive like you were saying earlier Mm -hmm. and I think it's very important to be conscious about this because as I was stating earlier mental health problems affect your behaviors Mm -hmm. how you feel your social interactions with others and if you can prevent rather than regret Mm -hmm. why not and again We are just instruments, Instruments. and yes, with prayer, but as well as actions.
0: If you can prevent rather than regret, uh, I'll give you credit for that when I (laughs) preach that. Okay, I'll make sure that I let (laughs) everybody know that uh, Sister Lopez uh, put that out there. That's a great word. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to give them the last words here, but I want to encourage you, uh, everybody. You know that God loves you. You guys hear this ad nauseum at times. Well, I try to communicate the love of God to people no matter where you are in life, mm-hmm. uh, on the highest of highs or on the lowest of lows, God's love for you remains the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is impossible for God to love you any more than where God loves you now. Uh, God's love does not rise and it does not fall. And when you understand that you have value in the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and that God, God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, that God is individually concerned about you, and that God has placed resources around you that can help you wherever you are in life if you would only reach out to find them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, if you're struggling in this area, mental health is something that you thought about, but you've been, uh, for lack of a better word, embarrassed um, about reaching out, talking to somebody about some of the struggles that are going on up here. Uh, I want to encourage you to move past that, to move past that. Uh, to move past that. Um, As Ms. Kiera said, find somebody that you can talk to, that safe person, that safe place, to be able to express those feelings that only you know about. And I want to encourage you as best I know how. This is a Pastor Holman moment here, okay, everybody. God loves you, and he doesn't want you to wither up and dry away. Uh, He's placed resources and people around you that can help you no matter where you are in life. Mental health is important, Because the Bible says that as a man thinks, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. So get your mind game together. Mm -hmm. Let's let's focus on this mind. And ladies, I want to tell you, man, I am so so encouraged by you coming. I'm going to. When I met uh, Brother Darren Brown, now how where is he in the organization? What what does he do? He's our director of He's a director. Okay, Mr. Darren Brown is the director. I met him uh, last week, I think it was, when he came to tour um, the facilities here. Um, And I talked about that I wanted to have um, um, a segment on mental health, and he suggested you ladies that that would come. I want to thank you, um, because I'm telling you, this is a a problem that we're not shining enough light on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm talking specifically from a church community, We have a very large congregation here. Uh, It is prevalent amongst those of us who have trusted God as our Savior, who are on our way to heaven, but we are not living our best life now. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. We
0: are not living our best life Mm -hmm. now. People that have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them are struggling silently. Absolutely. Because they don't have an outlet. Mm-hmm. And so give some information about how the good people at home, those watching, those listening, can contact you. Uh, contact information, phone number, however you want to do it. Look directly into those cameras. I'm going to give Ms. Lopez, I'm going to give you this one, and then you pick up wherever she left off, or you repeat it. So
1: I just wanted to say that what if that very one thing that you are not addressing or seeking help for is the very one thing that is keeping you to thrive in that calling and that purpose that God has for your life. It's something to, to think about. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let Ms. Montague. So call our office, 832-300-8680.
2: Find us on social media platforms, ALTS, LLC. Look at our website, which we are updating. Uh, ALTSTexas.com. Come find us, guys. Call us. Give us a ring. Email us. We're here.
0: Um, so th- I want to um, give you guys, um, you talked about your family. Family is important. Uh, this is called the Church at Bethel's Family. So we have family in our name. Family is terribly important. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the springboard by which we will accomplish a lot of things that God has called for us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very impassioning to me. Um, I've been married for 20 years. I got four kids. And family is important.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Family is important. Everybody watching got somebody in their family. Amen. Like, that name just came up. Everybody's got that one person or two or three people
3: mm-hmm.
0: in that family that, what you say, they touched. They touched um i would i would encourage you to attempt to try to find out the story cuz maybe some of the things that you'll learn will help you to better understand that person and why that person acts that particular way now not that you need to go up and try to be a you know psychotherapist or you know lay down on my couch here uncle joe or aunt susie And let me, you know, walk you through your problem. But I I believe that the conversation point is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, right now, where we are, ladies, is conversation is the commodity that is quickly eroding away.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, We don't understand the value of conversation, not a monologue, but a dialogue, talking to people, interchanging ideas. That's how societies thrive. That's how families foster. But I believe that now we're in a place to where conversations are not being had Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and people are struggling because of it. So Romans chapter 12 says, be ye renewed by the transforming of your mind. Um, I tell people reading is one of the things that I absolutely love to do. Um, Listening to inspirational and instrumental music. Uh, relaxing my mind, getting some safe space at least for 15 to 20 minutes a day in just meditation mm-hmm. um, to exercise the mind, mm-hmm. to let the mind breathe. Mm-hmm. Because the, all the stuff that's coming at us, ladies, it's it's hard to find some encouragement in all this news. Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. It's,
0: it's hard to find something to hold on to. So ladies, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I want to... I want you to give them, one more time, the contact information. It's Abundant Life Therapeutic Services. Mm-hmm. What is the phone number?
2: Call us, 832-300-8680.
0: And I'm going to give Miss Lopez here. Are you, you guys got family? You married? Yes. Married? I'm,
1: I'm not married.
0: Not married. Kids?
1: Yes. Kids?
0: Yes. Okay. You love your kids? I love them. You love your kids more than
1: anything
0: more than anything more than your husband well, uh, okay he didn't see that <laughs> um, there are a lot of young people that watch studio b uh so the yeah the uh the platform of studio b is we take mainstream issues that everybody is dealing with, and we apply them to a biblical standard to give them practical application about how to you know, try to transcribe through life. I mean, we got a lot of young people that watch us. Mm-hmm. Um, our young people right now are really suffering. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of counseling with young people. Mm-hmm. 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Kids that should be playing on the playground and enjoying life.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: i coming into my office and talking about some heavy
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: stuff that at 12 I wasn't talking about. So if you got some young people out there, um, encourage those young people because us older people are not paying attention to what's going on with our younger people. Mm -hmm. And our younger people are fighting the battle and fighting the war that we have never been engaged in. Mm -hmm. And so just for this last little open forum, speak to these young people, um, especially in our culture today, in our time today about encouraging them as well.
2: Blessings for the youth, right? Um, Just know that there is someone out there that does care about you. That's the first course and care for yourself, right? Um, It's really important to have a really good support system And if your friends are not mirroring a supportive group of folks that Mm. you want to be around, Mm. you might want to Mm reevaluate your social settings Mm. first and foremost. Also, think about who you want to be today in this present time. I do understand that you feel like you're going through the pits and the valleys and no one is there and no one cares. But there are people out there who will support you, who will listen to you. It's not all about the gram and the Snapchat mm. and the TikTok.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: there are folks out there that do care. And as you were saying, Pastor, communication is everything. Yes. Having somebody who will hear you out, someone who will listen to your concerns, to your challenges is everything. And there is someone out there that will hear you out and will listen to you and will help you through whatever you are going through. And it's not mm-hmm. just on social media. Yeah,
0: my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. Ms. Lopez, what would you tell the young people?
1: Well, I just want to repeat your words, <laughs> Pastor Holman. It's okay not to be okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm aware that sometimes it can be very difficult to talk to your parents, yeah. to some of those adults in your family, but reach out to someone in the church, your youth leader, mm-hmm. or maybe someone in the church that you can... Go talk to, you know, you can trust. At school, you can go to your school counselor or a teacher. But just make sure that you are reaching out to someone because, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, these are very difficult times. Amen. And it's very important that you take care of your mental health. Yeah.
0: uh, Ladies, uh, thank you so, so, so very much. Um, This has been a very, very uh, productive and fruitful uh, day for me. This is... um, I know I keep saying it. It's just because I deal with it on an everyday basis. Of course. Um, Every single day. Um, And so I want to encourage you guys, man, to to the best of my ability. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you may ask or think. Mm -hmm. God loves you to the deepest part of your core. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you've done, where you're at, highs and lows of life, God is right there. Um, He's never going to put more on you than what you're able to bear.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But reach out for help. Uh, For reasons only known to God, Deuteronomy 29 and 29, the secret things belong to God. But God has chosen by his own sovereign will to use people to exercise his will. So God uses people. So the help that you need could be in reaching out to a person. God uses people. And so don't take for granted the resources that are available to you to help solve some of these problems that you're facing. Reach out. Reach out, reach out, reach out, and reach out. And to all my pastor friends um, out there, man, really put some 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 time and some effort into really putting some things in regards to this mental health in your community, um, not just your church community, but your community at large. Uh, ladies, I would say that we, on a daily basis, we deal with not just people that quote Bibles, but... Um, This church is really a lighthouse to the entire neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so we get people from all walks of life, Mm -hmm. in every walk of life.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. We get the estranged veteran from Desert Storm who still thinks he's in Desert Storm. We get the person who is on drugs and the effects of a very hard life that are still haunting them. Uh, we get the schizophrenia, we get all of that, this, all of that. So it's, it's something that is very, very dear. And please take mental health seriously. There is help for it. Um, and God wants you to get past this. God wants you to thrive Mm -hmm. in life. So ladies, I want to thank you from the bottom, bottom, bottom of my heart. This will not be the last time that you're on studio B. Uh, we generally like to do this in segments, but I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I want to give you guys a couple of last words uh, for this last open forum. So, Ms. Kier, is there any last things that you want to say to the wonderful people who are watching Studio B?
2: If something doesn't feel quite right, take one step. That's all you can do. Just take a step in the direction of seeking out support, whether it's a Google search whether it's talking to somebody, whether it's doing some self-talk, some self-introspection to kind of find out what's going
1: on. Just take the first step.
0: Take the first step. Ms. Lopez.
1: For those of you that may be telling yourselves, but well, I have a lot of baggage and you don't know where I'm coming from. Hmm. Um, if you're asking yourself that question, is because, That is something that that, um, will be so important for you to to address. And it's not so much what's happened to you, but how you allow that to... It might have affected you in the past, but how you allow that to help you today and tomorrow. We don't Mm -hmm. want that to continue to affect you today Mm -hmm. and tomorrow. And we know that God's mercies are new every morning. So Mm -hmm. today's a new new day. We start clean today. So...
0: Yeah, there's hope. There's hope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There is hope. There uh, is hope. Everybody, thank you so very much for joining us here on the set of Studio B. Now, we're at 5,000 subscribers. Remember, we're trying to get to 10,000 by uh, midsummer. I know that we can do this. We need to put this platform across all things. So like, share, and comment. And remember, wherever you are, God richly loves you and has a plan and purpose for your life. We'll see you next week.